0: Listening to part two of our two part conversation on mental health in the church. I want to talk a little bit about the, the language that we use in Christian circles to talk about mental health, mental illnesses. We've already, Nikki, you've already pointed out that that's a, a huge umbrella. There's a whole freaking book that's like, you know, more than six inches thick. Mm-hmm. Deep, like listing out all of the possible mental illnesses that science has been able to figure out so far more or less and so saying mental mental health mental illness that's huge category but what are some specific ways that we talk about those things in christian circles that may be helpful or may not be so helpful
1: I know for me, um, I have a diagnosis of, um, anxiety. I have anxiety disorder. Um, and one thing that I find unhelpful is when people who don't necessarily understand the, the diagnosis of anxiety, um, beyond a feel beyond a feeling of worry, um, point me to Bible verses that tell me not to be anxious. Hmm. Um, (laughs) I understand the intent and I also reading it myself, I find comforting when I come across the passage and I find it, um, you know, I find it comforting when, when I kind of stumble upon that passage, those few passages again on my own, I'm just like, yes, okay. I can find some peace in this, but when a person is telling me the Bible says not to be anxious, I feel like they're telling me I'm wrong. I feel like they're telling me I'm doing it wrong and I'm not working hard enough to trust in God. So Mm. that's always a struggle for me.
0: Yeah. I I can see how that would be. That would be that. Okay. It is annoying because I also, (laughs) (laughs) I also have anxiety and it's like, you know, that doesn't telling, I already know all the verses. Okay. I have each and every one underlined in my physical Bible, in my digital Bible. Yes, I know. But When someone's not telling me that, and when I'm going over it myself, it's like, oh my gosh, God must have known how difficult it is for us to not be anxious. He must have known how we would struggle with this because he tells us over and over again. And it's not just that he tells us not to be anxious or not to worry, he also tells us that I've got you.
1: He tells us why we don't have to worry. Yes. But the person telling me that it's in the Bible is not telling
0: me that. No, no. Sarah, how about you? What are some of the ways that that you've seen um, people talk about mental health, mental illness in Christian circles that may be helpful or not helpful?
2: You know, I think I've... The, the best I've seen in Christian circles is when there's a small group of people and someone decides to open up about what's going on, and it doesn't always happen early on. Sometimes they're very far down that road, and, um, and uh, they experience what I think people often experience with mental illness, which is a feeling like... Um, Admitting this or telling this group of people is some kind of failure on their part or some weakness on their part. Um, and so I've seen how people struggle to talk about it. Um, and um, I even have had that recently happen with students as well on campus that a student will share this, but they they're apologizing and are They they wish they weren't there having to tell me that this was what they were dealing with, but it sort of got to the point where it doesn't make sense to try to not uh, to try to hide it or to not tell someone um, but I, I think where it happens well is in these really small groups and it has to be in the context of those relationships and even so I, I've seen how hard it can be because let's say you're in a bible study group with I don't know eight people in it a couple of them may really be warm and helpful and understanding But probably some of them at least don't have any idea what to say, or or aren't sure how to be supportive. Um, Even if none of them are the least bit hostile to the situation or in any way, um, you know, saying anything negative. um, There's just that sort of awkward silence that uh, makes a person feel judged or makes them feel misunderstood. Um, And so I would love for us as Christian communities to understand a little bit more, and maybe even, maybe it should be more common that there would be support groups within churches, mm. um, focused on mental health the way that there can be with other kinds of things. Um, yeah. my parents have been in groups in churches before cent- centered around chronic illness. Um, there are other kinds of, um, sort of supportive environments. Um, and so what would it look like for the church to really take the lead? And in, in a sense, I think, um, working from the best of what the church has to offer. What would it look like if the church were to have groups that include um, a mental health professional who's there to facilitate, but also a pastor or also a Christian counselor um, where all of their roles are respected and appreciated. Because one thing a Christian person dealing with mental illness does need is spiritual care. Um, yes. It is not at all something that should be left aside as an alternative to secular care. These things have to work together. Um, and so the idea that, um, that our pastors could recognize a role, an important role that they play in the spiritual care of someone struggling with mental illness alongside the critical role of mental health professionals, um, the church could really be an example of caring for the whole person in the way that most of society does not care for the whole person.
0: Yeah, I would give, well, I don't wanna overstate this, but yes, a church-based group that supports people dealing with their mental illnesses, whether it's depression, anxiety, um, schizophrenia. Oh my gosh, that would be, I'd be there like every day, like, hey, what's up, how you doing? How can I help you? Um, Actually, no, today I need help. Because mental health care is so hard for us to access because society is still like, eh, I don't know. I don't know about this. You know, if we had access to that through the church, that would be a game changer for Mm -hmm. it would have been a game changer for me. And it could be a game changer for so many people.
1: Yeah. Just the fact that our, um, our church has an affiliation with a Christian therapist. Um, I mean that literally was a game changer for me. Um, when I was at kind of my lowest of lows, I went to church, um, and our pastor said, we can refer you out, (laughs) um, by out we mean actually in this building. Um, and I was able to see a licensed professional and church had recommended her to me. Um, But gosh, the idea of of just like even a weekly or bi-weekly support group um, would be fantastic.
2: I read an article not too long ago um, written by a woman who has adult children who are struggling with different kinds of mental illness, um, addiction, other kinds of challenges in life, and she decided to start a support group at her church. She wasn't sure what to call it. And so she called it something like parents of children who struggle and everyone came. <laughs> so many people came because they there's no one to talk to, especially when it comes uh, to thinking about um, children. It, that adds another whole layer. So we have our own um, struggles with mental illness, but then what if our children struggle with mental illness? Well, that's very complicated. First of all, all the same things apply in terms of being misunderstood by their own peers or by the people in leadership over them. But then add in the fact that the parents are implicated in things uh, in terms of how their behavior might be the reason or the basis for their children's struggles. And so just the idea that there would be a group where parents could come together and just say, "I'm, I'm working Hard, and I'm trying to figure out how best to help my child through their mental health crisis and how to love them and support them and, and do so as a Christian um, and as a person in some cases who cannot require anything of them if my child is old enough um, that you know what does it look like to be a supportive family in the context of mental illness when the person with the mental illness isn't interested in treatment or isn't interested in um, building any spiritual connection with the church, Um, there there are a lot of ways that support groups could really go that would um, allow even the indirect influence of the church on um, people who maybe don't attend or maybe don't Mm -hmm. believe, um, but who are, um, for whom others of us are caregivers or Um, parents of young adults or uh, whatever it might be
1: yeah i off the top of my head now know three families who have been impacted directly by suicide within the church Mm. and yeah yeah, just not being alone in that would be crazy (laughs) yeah
2: yeah
0: yeah and the the fact is that mental illnesses are extremely common. They're common in the general population. They're incredibly common in, within the Christian church. And we all know people who, either we are people who have struggled with a mental illness, or we know people who have struggled with a mental illness. And so it's, it's so, so important especially in the church, to be honest and open with those things. There, there's the, the Catholic tradition of regularly confessing your sins. I think there's something to that, not in that a mental illness is a sin, but confessing to others the things that you're struggling with so that you can get help. But it's also important to make sure that there's help to be had (laughs) and that there's an understanding of what a particular mental illness is and how that particular mental illness impacts a person's life.
1: Yeah. And what I've seen um, pretty frequently is uh, somebody in leadership saying, I will connect you to this specific person who has gone through something similar, um, which I don't think is a bad thing. Um, the trouble can come if the person that they're trying to connect perhaps isn't ready to, I mean, almost mentor this other person through it, or doesn't feel, um, spiritually mature enough to kind of walk with that other person. But the idea Mm -hmm. of supportive groups where you've got different people who have got different strengths and different, um, are in different places in their walk with the Lord, um, just seems like such a wonderful thought. (laughs)
0: Yeah, actually being your brother's keeper Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: because you you know what's going on and some of us, we've been there before and so we know what to say and what not to say to help the other person endure. And I think that's one of the things about mental illnesses that the Christians struggle with is understanding that this is often something that lasts your entire lifetime. It doesn't go away. You you may be able to turn the volume down a little bit for periods of time, but it's always there. I think that may be something that's hard for Christians to to deal with.
2: Well, and this way it gets at the sort of larger question and we talked about this a little bit in one of our earlier podcasts about sort of who does the church serve well and who do they not serve well? And we talked a bit about chronic um, illness. And if we think about mental illness as a form of chronic illness, some of the same challenges we have in serving people with chronic physical illness are true or even more so true for people with mental illness. And that is people are motivated to help someone in a specific crisis and they're motivated to help someone through a particular event in their life but people have a lot more trouble motivating themselves to be an ongoing supportive person uh, in a situation that's not going to go away, that will ebb and flow, but is not going away. And so um, thinking about what the church can do to maintain the energy that's required for really serving people for the long haul is another way I think that the Church of Christ could be such an example to the world um, where people are just cared for perpetually, as needed, and um, there's not just a sense that we um, we band together once in a while when something terrible happens, but that we actually just walk with each other, and that some of the people walking among us need more uh, support from the others at certain times, and we shouldn't be surprised, we shouldn't um, be put off by that, but that it would just be part of life is walking with people. And at any given point, there will be people who are struggling, and sometimes it'll be the same people for years and years.
0: And I think one of the things that that gets said oftentimes in church circles and even in secular circles, God never gives you more than you can handle. I well, know for sure a does. fact <laughs> that he absolutely does. Yeah, and it's false. You know, you you go back to the Old Testament. Clearly, Adam and Eve could not handle being in paradise (laughs) because they messed up. Clearly, the Israelite people could not handle being the chosen people of God because the whole Old Testament is the story of how they messed up. I mean, the, the whole point of... Entering into a relationship with God is that we can't handle the weight of sin in our lives. And so we need God to lift that weight for us. Is that something that you, either of you have heard either said to you or in circles around you?
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, well, I
1: certainly believe that your faith and trusting in the Lord is. One of the most important ways to maintain mental health, there are also a series of other things that need to be happening as well. Um, and that likely involves some sort of secular treatment, probably medication, probably regular doctor's appointments that go beyond um, what a Christian person who is very well intentioned probably can't necessarily understand if they've not experienced it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. My understanding is that that passage is about overcoming temptation, and it really has nothing to do with hard circumstances or illness or anything else, um, any kind of trials. Uh, and so, the the Lord will um, give us a way out from sinning. Is how I understand that passage to mean. Yeah. Um, it will never be necessary for us to do what is wrong, Um, but I think the whole history of the church community, starting in the book of Acts, is actually that sense of people taking care of one another as they have need, and and so so it's really strange to me when uh, someone suggests that God's not giving more than what we can handle. Um, and it's certainly strange when people act admiring about someone going through adversity just for the fact that they're in adversity. Yeah. Um, like, wow, I just admire you. Your life is so hard. Well, it's not, it just sort of doesn't make a lot of sense to me. It's, uh, help me. <laughs> like, yes, yes. If you see that my life is really hard, um, don't don't tell me I'm doing a good job having a hard life help me out yeah
0: Yeah, it's like okay yeah you don't know how I do it I don't know how I do it either I could use a helping hand right and
2: and (laughs) I'm not actually doing it if you look at all the things yes like you think I'm doing it but I'm not doing everything (laughs) because I can't and I need help
0: exactly I've I've had a lot of because I have children with with disabilities I've gotten a lot of you're so impressive. You you work so hard. You're so this, you're so that. I'm like, yeah, but I can't sleep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the not sleeping comes with a whole host of other issues attached to it. I'd like some help so that I can sleep comfortably. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I, I would like some some support so that I am not overwhelmed just by walking into my kitchen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> i haven't sent you pictures of my kitchen but i i think you have you two have pretty good imaginations (laughs) (laughs) what that looks like join us next time for a bonus conversation about mental health in the church